0: Welcome to the USU Career Studio podcast that helps you navigate your career path. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to tell your friends and family all about it. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere else you listen to get access to our newest content. Well, I can't believe we are already like blazing through an hour here. Um, but I, I want to kind of conclude on this this topic of of experiential learning And and how it relates to the classroom, because um, I think it's really important to understand, again, how the two work together. Um, Oftentimes, I like to challenge higher ed a little bit because sometimes I think we get a little bit too comfortable just saying a degree is all you need. Um, You know, if you get that degree, you're going to get a job. And while there there is truth and we do know statistically, right, we have the data to say degrees. Typically lead to you know better job opportunities and all of that. Um, I think it's important to challenge that, and I think a lot of people are right now. So, with that in mind, I'm really curious as you both look back on your educational journeys. I'm curious what is one of the major benefits uh, that you saw learning on the job versus learning in the classroom? So maybe talk to us about you know what was the difference between those two experiences. And and really the advantages of both, because I do think academics are absolutely essential, but I also believe quite strongly in, in kind of that experiential or real world learning as well. So I don't know, Danielle, Cameron, or either of you jump in at the bit.
1: I I can can
2: start. Go ahead. (laughs) Everybody. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there's such an importance of learning in the classroom too. learning from your instructors, your professors, understanding the theory, the, the knowledge that you're gaining in the classroom, because that is what is the beauty of a university, right? Is that we are getting into that critical inquiry of understanding something thoroughly through research and understanding in the classroom, and from doing that, that that automatically you know it sets them apart in so many ways because they're getting such an expansive knowledge in that way. But it is so important then to say, okay, I've now learned some awesome. Concepts and even some new fresh concepts, right? Because we're always looking at knowledge as ever changing and looking at different ways of doing things. And professors are constantly researching this and coming up with new things that you know innovate the field. So then students with that privilege and understanding can then take that into Professional settings and help professionals that have been out of the classroom for quite a long time. Right, I mean, I think about my last class was many years ago. Um, things have changed a lot, so that's why I really find interns to be um, so valuable and. And their passion is so exciting to me because if they can take what they're learning in the classroom and really help us in our organization understand and, and also kind of give some of their ideas and creative visions and energy, that is really where that theory to practice. It's, it's a beautiful marriage in that sense. Right. And so the experience I was getting from my internships, I was really excited to be able to tell them some of the things I was learning in the classroom and they were equally just as excited and that to me was also helping me with sort of the prototyping right understanding well this is what i know this field to be or this is what i really like about a field let me try this out in this internship and sometimes that goes wonderful most of the time and then sometimes it doesn't too and that's okay and that's when a student can learn right Maybe that's not the place for me or this isn't the career for me. And let me let me go back and learn a little bit more about this. And maybe this is really where I can apply my skill set. So, yeah, it's a it's a wonderful thing when you can really um, take what you're learning in the classroom and apply it to those settings.
0: I love that. And I'm going to interject for just two seconds. Uh... I've probably shared this story before in the podcast. So forgive me in advance, my dear loyal listeners. But um, I think a really good example of this when I was in college. uh, So I I majored in communication. Shout out to the U's, comm department. They're fantastic. (laughs) Um, But I took a class uh, about visual design and I specifically remember this lecture where the professor um, went through and talked about visual hierarchy. And we talked about the importance of basically giving the eye indicators of here, look here, look here next, right? And it kind of directing the eye. Um, And we were talking about it, you know, in a pretty broad context. It's funny, because later down down the road as a career coach, I'm working with students one on one, we're talking about resumes, and I realized 100% 100% a lot of the tips and tricks that I give students about resumes are are, are based in visual uh, hierarchy, right? Here's how we can direct. Here's how we can bring attention to. Here's how we can make sure it's not too clumped and hard to read for employers. But it was all these, these basic principles that I learned in in that course. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't have the context, like my my job, my employer didn't necessarily tell me, Here's why we're going to have this, these visual principles for the resume. They didn't necessarily give me that, but I was able to connect from my, my education. I was like, oh, here's the fundamental principle. And then on the job, I was able to actually apply it and, and see it in action. And so again, both are so critical. Danielle, anything to add on this topic of, of kind of academics and in, in career?
2: You already started to articulate my answer. I feel like the academics is learning the why. Now, there is some how to be sure, um, but then the applied learning, the experiential learning, the on the job is the how. Um, so to your example, you know, anyone could be taught you know, this is you put this part here on the resume and you put this part here. But what you learned in your classes is the why, the visual eye hierarchy, because we're trying to draw attention of the eye in a certain order. So where folks run into problems if they miss out on the education is if something gets switched up as it does in the professional world all the time, things are ever changing. And that template that has been being used is no longer relevant. If they don't understand the why, they're going to be in a very tough position. Um, so. That's why the why part is so important. And then the how part is where they get to apply it. They get to say, this is how the why works. And the how without the why is can lead to struggles. And I think there've been a lot of studies. I know I cited one recently, but I don't remember the numbers, but the jobs of the future, you know, don't exist yet. Um, There are going to be a lot of students from the graduating classes that are graduating now that are graduating in the future that are going to be working in roles that do not yet exist. So being able to understand the why is going to be crucial because there's no way to jump just into the how because the how isn't here. I don't know if that made sense. Uh, I yes, it's real. In fact, I'm excited
0: <laughs> to go and listen to that again. I love the how versus the the why. I think that's that's a great definition. I love that.
1: <laughs> oh, hundred percent. And you know, and the why is also important to keep asking that why, even when you're in your internship or in your career, right? And that that is something that I also like to distinguish in experiential learning is that when you're doing an internship or you're doing some kind of um experiential learning you have to be able to constantly ask that why as well too it's not just about doing the tasks that you're given right but it's about challenging some of the ways and and knowledge is ever growing and and we need to always be thinking of ourselves as lifelong learners so if there is a problem that emerges in an internship or in a job or a career you want to be able to have the skill set of being able to say how do i research into this more to find the answer or where, where can I go to learn more about this and further develop in that way? So I love that, what, what you say too, about the, the why is what we do get in the classroom. The how is the applicable, but they're always still going to be more of those why questions in the process.
0: Oh, this is so good. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. So this leads me to, to the next question that I wanted to ask. And I hope this question makes sense. Sometimes these questions make a lot of sense in my head and then they come out of my mouth and I, I anyway, so we're going to, we'll see how it goes, but my my question is we've talked a lot about transferable skills and so we're learning something in the classroom and then again kind of kind of that pivot um into experiential learning is that we're really trying to apply it um but you mentioned that students struggle with this and i have seen this um where they have clearly at a, a project or a course they've they've used this skill they have this skill but they really struggle to apply it in the real world. So I guess my question is, what tips or advice do you have for students? Maybe in that interview process or or just as they're networking, how can students translate the skills that they're gaining both in the classroom and maybe from past experiential learning opportunities? How can they articulate that
1: well in an interview? Yeah, do you wanna start Danielle?
2: I can jump in this time. I think practice is going to be key. I think really, I'm a believer of the STAR method, you know, defining a situation, the task, the action you took and the results. I feel like the R is the one that is missed most often in the students I've worked with. Um, So don't forget students who are listening, include those results. Um, So with micro internships, you know, we encourage students when you are answering those short answer responses to use that STAR method, even if it's a question that, you know, has the potential to be answered with a yes or no, like a common a question I saw today was, um, do you have faith in your ability to turn this project in in a timely manner? I can't tell you how many students I saw respond with just yes. Is that wrong? technically no, but you could go so much further and say, yes, uh, for example, in a recent class where I have this tight deadline, I took these steps to, I don't know, give the example, don't forget the results. I know I'm forgetting the results in my example. Um, but that's why I think applying to micro internships is a good way to go about it because you have that time. You're not on the spot to think about, well, what is something I have done that is relevant to this project that I want to do? And when you're first starting, it's going to take you a minute because that must in your brain is probably the first time or early in the amount of times that you're trying to work it. And just like any other muscle, it's going to get stronger with time. But the more you practice, the more you think, what's something that I've done that is relevant here, the more quickly those examples are going to come. So use whatever opportunity, again, I'm biased. I encourage micro internships, but whether it's micro internships, whether it's mock interviews, whether it's conversations with your, I guess your friends up, have conversations with them. Be like, you know what you've done that is really great. Let me star what you did in class last week. You know, really talk about it. I love that. And a huge advocate of the STAR method.
0: And it's interesting because both in interviews, I would say people forget the outcomes, but also the resume. Uh, You know, when I talk with students about bullet point writing, they might tell me I clean the floors. And I'm like, well, that's great. Did you clean them well? Did it impact, you know, the environment positively? Like you've given me nothing to know the outcome of of what your actions and skills put to use actually did for somebody. And so it's so funny because it's really easy to forget that that piece. But I I think highlighting the result of your skills in action is so critical. So thank you for bringing attention to that, Danielle. Cameron, other thoughts?
1: Yeah, you know, I would say when it comes to internships or while you're a student maybe and you're you're seeking out opportunities to learn more um that's going to be a lot more of your willingness to learn and the employer will teach you the things that they want you to know and that should be the expectation of any kind of internship right is that that the employer the supervisor is really helping them make meaning through the organization they're they're really Taking on projects, but they're getting help and learning the system. They're learning the culture, the written and unwritten rules that exist there. And so that when they're able to get those experiences, then it's about articulating those experiences to a job or career that they want to apply to be able to show the success of that. And then being able to show the employer the ability to take initiative and get things done. That is one of the number one things that employers want out of new uh, graduates, basically they, they want to see students that are willing to learn, but also students that are willing to take initiative. And so as long as that the student is able to kind of piece together that, and, and to say, I have done these experiences, I've learned a lot from them. This is the value that I can bring to your organization, because I'm also willing to take initiative on things, learn from it, but also take on these things that are are maybe not as always like there's a blueprint on how to do it, right? But I'm going to have the energy to take it on and take that initiative. And so the more students can articulate that and and the way that they articulate their internships as valuable to that is going to be really instrumental in their career development.
0: I love that. And I would also maybe add a little asterisk in saying that employers want to understand not only your accomplishments, but how it relates to the position you're applying for. And I think that's what you were just getting at, Cameron, is mm-hmm. not only saying, you know, how did I make an impact, but but how does it matter to you? How is this going to translate when I am on the job? Uh, and again, talking about results is great, but but being able to connect the dots for the employer and say, here's the success in this past job. And here's what it could look like for you. And, and that makes their job a lot easier. You know, when they're trying to persuade their committee members or whoever that you're a good candidate, you know, being able to provide that concrete experience um, from your resume or the interview or whatever is really helpful. So great insights. Uh I want to close with one final question. We'll keep this kind of a big open question. Um, but I would really love to hear from you both. If if the ideal student experience existed, so a student had the perfect balance of academics, experiential learning, what what would that look like? Maybe walk me through like freshman to graduation. What what do you think that process could potentially look like? (laughs) All right. Who's brave?
1: (laughs) I can I can say that, you know, there's there's so many meaningful experiences a student can have while in college, right? And you know that could be a student who wasn't as engaged, didn't do as many involvement opportunities, but maybe did a lot of research or maybe you know just involved themselves in in different ways. But you know when we think about experiential learning too, and this is such an intentional conversation that administrators are having on campus, um, that is a big question. What is the ideal student experience or what sometimes we refer to as the exceptional student experience? Um, or exceptional educational experience. And that can consist of a lot of things. But I think early on, you want to see students engaging in experiential learning from the start. And we define that in the first 60 credit hours, because when they are able to, in their first year, engage in an experiential learning opportunity, that is going to link them to even more opportunities and the ability to just be successful, right? So I think it's important that early on, they think of doing some kind of experiential learning that could be just even simply doing uh, a project like uh, on campus, like getting involved in a committee in their student government or something like that, you know, planning an event on campus, getting involved in their fraternity or sorority, or, you know, it's just something that's an involvement opportunity. But then being able to then really network with and get to know faculty so that they're able to take what they're learning in the classroom and apply it, as we mentioned before. But, you know, then, by the time they're thinking of junior and senior year, that maybe they've already had one internship under their belt, they're ready to take on more. They're maybe maybe able to do something totally different, like go on a study abroad or um, do an internship out of the state or something like that and really challenge, you know, some of these things, but again, accessibility comes into play with that. And we can't think of that being the ultimate ideal experience that they did three internships, they were involved in this many clubs and, and that, but it's the meaning they're able to make out of the experiences that they have. And so that is totally fine. If a student is only able to maybe get involved in two things, but they did a lot of intentional work of figuring out what their interests are. They have networked with the right people. Um, They've asked the right questions. They've reflected on a lot of their work. And that is really what I would define as an ideal student experience.
0: I love that. I love that idea of finding meaning in the process and and kind of also this idea of stacking experiences and letting them build upon each other as you progress in your career. I think that's a beautiful illustration. Um, All right, Danielle, in your mind, what is the ideal student experience? What does that look like?
2: I think similar to our conversation about professionalism, you know, professionalism looks different depending on the context. I think the ideal student experience looks very different depending on the context. I think depending on a student's goals um, that experience is going to look different. Um, And I think those goals oftentimes change. I think a lot of the times we expect them to change. So I think the perfect experience is one that is intentional. As long as a student is taking time every semester to sit down and reflect what did I learn about myself this semester? What did I learn about my potential areas of interest this semester? What does that mean about my goals going forward? And how can I take action in the next semester to move closer to whatever those goals currently are? As long as they are being intentional, I I think a lot of students not think, I've heard directly from students who kind of have this mentality and this thought, and we kind of addressed it before, like I'm in college, that's the thing, college is going to get me to the degree and that's going to get me to the job. Well, as established, that's not so much the way that it is. So as long as they are being intentional, you know, it's not just that I'm in college. I'm in college and I have a goal. That goal may change from semester to semester, and that is entirely okay. But as long as I'm able to reflect on and articulate how I have grown, how I have developed and how I can apply the ways I've grown and developed to whatever my next goal may be, I think that is going to be the perfect student experience.
0: Wow, could not have said it better myself. I love both of your responses, especially as they really lean towards this idea of of intentionally designing the pathway that we want to take and also being okay when, when it doesn't go perfectly recognizing everybody's pathway looks different. Uh, So with that, before we, we close out today, I want to give both of you space. Again, you are doing amazing things in your own little spheres. And so I want to make sure we can highlight some of those, those fantastic things. Um, Danielle, we've talked lots about Parker Dewey today, but is there any other, uh, you know, information you would hope students know about Parker Dewey before, before we end?
2: Yeah, a few last pieces of advice. Uh, Students, those opportunities cycle quickly. They are marketed to companies as a way to get on demand project support. So, if you see something that's interested, make sure that you apply to it quickly. Um, Another thing I would recommend is checking in on the platform regularly. Because they move quickly, what you see on the platform today is likely going to be different from what you see tomorrow, will be different from next week. So, if you log in and you don't see projects that are of interest to you, that doesn't mean there never will be. It just means there might not be one. On that day so make sure that you check in again uh, the other thing we like to make students aware of is to some extent it is a numbers day numbers game uh, there is a fair amount of competition so I already mentioned make sure the profile and the short answer responses are looking good but we also like to make sure students are aware we tend to see students apply to maybe five or more micro internships before being selected for one so if you apply to one two three four and you don't get selected don't let that stop you from continuing continuing to apply. Again, the process is not time intensive. So continue to get after it. Um, As one micro intern who has done 18 projects said, it takes not even 15 minutes to apply to a project that could potentially have a big impact. So
0: helpful. And Cameron, I'd love to have you just give us a little bit of a plug about your, your podcast, Innovating Internships, and what can listeners expect from that?
1: Yeah, so my podcast, Innovating Internships, it's on SoundCloud, um, soon to be Apple and Spotify and all that, but um, my podcast was really aimed um, for employers and students to really um, highlight some awesome inter- internship experiences and kind of what has worked really well for them what has made that successful um, but it's also engaging in a lot of topics around internships um you know for example we have episodes on paid versus unpaid internships and what that looks like and how employers can structure that and and still have it be a, a meaningful experience um future topics like I said around how to create an internship or create an internship out of your job. So it's really a podcast aimed at um, really finding creative ways of thinking about internships. And that's why I'm excited to say that our next episode is going to be all about micro internships. And Danielle will be joining me on that episode. So yeah, if if you're a student or employer and you have an interest in this and want to learn more or you want to maybe be on the podcast or have questions that can be addressed on the podcast, let me know for sure.
0: Wonderful. Well, I want to just take a minute to say thank you to both of you uh, for your time today, the insights that you've shared, the experiences that you've shared. Uh, I've learned a great deal and have just thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. So thank you both. Thank Thank you, you, Marissa.
1: It's been a joy.
0: We hope you loved this episode of the USU Career Studio podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends and family.